every old person that I've talked to that used to sell on eBay is like so negative about it. You know, like I had guys tell me like I'm crazy for quitting my job and like you can't make it doing. I just wanted to jump in here and talk about two sponsors today. One, um, which I think is a great time of year to do this, is to kick off with Solutions for E-Commerce, Karen Locker's group. I've been using them for a couple of years um, as a paid member. Yes, she sponsors my show. But the reason that I have her as a paid uh, service is because of the value they bring us. Um, matter of fact, there's just a reconciliation shipment uh note that I got in. They need me to send some receipts so they can get it reconciled and because that's a requirement of Amazon. Well, all I have to do is send to the receipts, then I'm done. And then the work happens. To be honest, and I'm guilty of it, I wouldn't get to it. It's another one of those things that goes on my list and my list is really long. So hence the reason I use Karen Locker's team. I've been using it for a couple of years. I absolutely recommend you do. And if you go through my link, it is solutions, the number four e-commerce forward slash momentum. You're going to save $50 every single month and she's going to do an inventory health report that's why you should do it this time of year start the new year out right second one is seller labs and i know i talk a lot about them in scope but it's because we use it so much and if you're not using it you should try it again figure out the keywords that are working for your competitors and then emulate them copy them that's nothing wrong with that you want to be where people are looking and for what's working. And Scope's going to help you do that. So go to sellerlabs.com forward slash scope. Use the code momentum and you're going to save 50 bucks there too. Okay. Jeff and those guys have figured out a way to really get you zoned in. I guess that's the right phrase to use. And to be looking right at what's important to get those keywords right and to be seen. Ultimately, that's what you want. When somebody pops in, hey, I'm looking for uh, silver barbecue gloves. Your silver barbecue gloves are what they see. So again, Sellerlabs.com forward slash scope. Use the code momentum, save 50 bucks. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Steven Peterson. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 367, Sebastian Pilch. Um, very, very cool guy. Um, very cool for a whole bunch of reasons. One is he didn't listen to his father, didn't take his advice. And you know what? I think his father would agree with him that good thing you didn't, son. Because uh, me as a dad would sit back and I know my attitude has changed with my boys. Uh, my whole what I thought was right, because you know, I went to corporate world and went to grad school, did all those things. And I don't push my boys that way because I'm not sure that that's the right future for them. Um, I want them to help figure it out on their own. So what I saw in Sebastian, uh, which is the reason I have him on, is he's he's into it. He's He knows what he doesn't want. And I think that that's cool. And he's open to all these other things and things find him magically. Well, guess what? That's because he's open to them, right? There's the big mystery. He's not set in his ways. Oh, you got to do it this way because that's the way it's always done. No, he's open to them and these things find him. Um, no law of attraction stuff. He just has an open mind. That's cool. And, you know, he's got some phrases that he uses in this interview. Um, and he said he's quoting from other people, but they're so spot on and so deep. You know, hard work is really hard. He's right. You know, breaking rocks. That's hard work, man. That's really hard. And so I think it's a great place to start for 2019. It's a chance to look back at what you're doing and say, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something else. By knowing what you don't want to do, turning that off, you are open to so many more things. And I think he's a great example of what you can do if you want to. Let's get into the podcast. <laughs> 
All right, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast, and I'm very excited about today's guest because you know, kind of, I'm continuing my theme about kind of starting over or starting right, 2019, and um, I'm excited about this talk because I think. I think my guest, Sebastian, is somebody who's figured out at a young age, relative to me, half my age, uh, that there's more to life and you need to live the life that you want and on your terms. And yeah, you got to work and you got to do everything else, but there is opportunity. You don't have to only go the one track that we were all taught, go to college, get a job, work there for 40 years and retire. Um, no, that might not be right for everybody. And Sebastian Pilch is here to tell us that might not be right for him also. Welcome, Sebastian. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, really, really happy to be here. I love your you know, podcast. I listen to it whenever you have new episodes out, and it's really an honor to be here. Well, it's an honor for me to have you. What what attracted me, because uh, we started talking a while back about photos, because you, you have some photos, stuff that you do. But then we got talking about Amazon and stuff like that, and uh, then I go and dig a little deeper, and I see that you're uh, uh, you jumped, you made the leap, and decided I'm done. I'm going to be a full time at this point eBay seller, and you're looking to advance into Amazon. Uh, yeah. But you just like you walked away, dude. <laughs> I mean, who does yeah. that? Who does that? <laughs> yeah, and I just got married, and my dog just fell off a building, and we just bought a house all at the same time. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's probably not a good idea to do all these things. I my advice no. to you as a dad would be like, you know, son, son, Sebastian, come here. Yeah. Son. All right, dude. No, you was... can handle one or two of these things, but you add this much into a life. But you know what? I think that's a generational thing. You're not. It is. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It's not acceptable. Status quo is not acceptable. No, you know, like I, my biggest fear in life is just to kind of be like everyone else, you know, is to have that corporate job for 25 years and kind of burn out and hate my wife and hate my family. Like, I just don't want that. You know, I just kind of I want to live a life of excitement and kind of just vacation where we want to vacation and do whatever we want to do from wherever we want to do it. You know, that's uh, that's my idea of freedom. You know, having a million bucks doesn't mean anything. I'd rather live like a millionaire than have a million bucks, you know. Ooh. Dude, that's powerful. It's deep. That, deep right? No, it is. That's it, very powerful because, yeah. you know, when you and then living like a million bucks. So we have a friend that just moved to uh, Thailand, and he's like, and he's a mm-hmm. chef. He he was uh, he was the head chef at Morimoto's. I mean, this is like a okay. real chef, oh, and yeah. he's like, the food here is so great. I'm like, where are you eating? He goes, I'm going to the little stand on the corner. I'm like, wait a second, you who's a chef who knows good. He's like, it's amazing, and I'm like, right. isn't that the coolest thing? And yet. He's like, oh, I can eat for pennies a day. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's that, that's the kind of freedom that I eventually want, you know. And I was actually a chef in my former life as well. When I started out, when I was eighteen years old, that was my first career path. Um, I worked really hard, so I kind of like I skipped over college. I didn't do that, even though my dad always told me like, go to the military, join, you know, be a police officer, or go to college. Like those were the kind of like three things of security. That was the that options. Yeah, like he was, you know, he's an immigrant. My parents are both from Poland. Um, I'm a first generation, you know, American. I was born and raised here, but my parents, you know, they were very kind of old school and Polish. So there was a lot of Polish traditions that were still kind of kept around, even though they tried to make me American, you know. But when I turned 18, you know, my dad was a chef my whole life for about 40 years, and he actually just quit and he does Uber full time now. So he stopped being a chef at 60 years old. The guy left his, you know, 40. 40-year career job to be an Uber driver. Well, let's stop there a second because I don't want to lose this. Why? What does he say is the reason that he walked away from 40 years of his life 
that he obviously invested in. He probably was pretty good if he made it for 40 years. Why, mm-hmm. why would he change at 60 years old? The same kind of thing like he told me when I first started out. He's like, don't be a chef. Don't work in kitchens. Don't do anything hard. It's, you know, it's seven days a week, 80 hours, you know, a week. It's hot. It's dangerous. It's just constant, just nonsense that you have to deal with, you know? And I think he just got finally frustrated with it. And he is not tech savvy, you know? I mean, he speaks English. He's been here for, you know, forever, but it's still not second nature to him, you know, to use an iPhone and to like, you know, be a people person, but he makes more money than, you know, I do sometimes on Uber. I mean, he makes over a thousand bucks a week driving his Uber car just for fun, you know? Have you had the discussion with him about the advice he gave you? I mean, not in an awkward way to say, hey, dad, you told me to go be one of these three things and Mm -hmm. I'm thankful I didn't. But now look at you, you know, because it's I mean, you know, he knew what he knew at the time and the world has obviously changed. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. enormously. But but have you guys had that discussion? Like, I'm glad I didn't listen to your advice, dad. No, you know, it's it's actually kind of funny. I might have to talk to him about that. You know, it's my dad's one of those guys where he's like old school and stern and, you know, just like. He's like the only person in the world that scares me, you know, like his hands are like bare paws and things like that. But he's not a very emotional guy. I've never seen him really get upset. All he really does is work hard. Like that's Mm. all I ever remember of him. I mean, like when I was a kid, he was a chef. He had two jobs. He had a business, you know, like they had a retail store. and It was just like always constantly moving. And he would get home at 1130 at night and, you know, be up again the next day at 630, you know, hair brushed, smoking his cigarettes and ready to go. Ready to go. The Gary V mentality, right? The immigrant mentality Gary V talks about all the time. It's hard, hard work. It is, man. And you got to appreciate it, you know. But, you know, I'm glad my dad told me not to go down that path. And I'm very, very glad that I did. Um, I'm glad I didn't listen to him. You know, it's uh, those years from 18 to, I think it was 25 is when I left the restaurant industry kind of officially. those are very important years for me, like as far as developing as a man, really. Um, mm. It's kind of one of those, I wouldn't want to compare it to like the military or a firefighter or like any like job like that. Like there's very inherent risks with those jobs. But being a chef, man, like especially if you're trying to, you know, actually do it the right way and pursue, you know, the, the restaurants that are you know worth pursuing. It's hard. I mean, it's, you know, the places I was trying to work at, they were you know, 80 hour weeks using tweezers. You know, if you use the sink, you wipe the whole sink down, you deep clean the kitchen five times a day. It's like, you know, I was trying to work at that level and it's a sport almost, isn't it? I mean, it really sounds like a sport the way you're describing it to me. It is, man. It's, it's a mental and physical sport. I mean, I've sliced the tip of my thumb off on a meat slicer. I've burned my whole face off of oil. I mean, just it, it took seven years of that and, you know, various levels of restaurants from, you know, kind of crappy restaurants to really, I mean, I had an interview at one of the best restaurants in the world at the time um, in New York City. And it was kind of like a wide gamut of experience, you know, working from immigrants that if, you know, the cops came to the restaurant, these guys would be running out the back door <laughs> to working with super high end chefs. It's, it was a crazy experience, you know, and for me, when I was younger, I was like really shy and I didn't talk much and I had no confidence whatsoever. So kind of just working in kitchens and having to become a man really fast, you know, like you have to toughen up or else you won't make it. You know, it's one of those things where it's not one of those jobs that like, 
oh, I know Steven. He's cool. He's so-and-so's brother. Let's just keep him. You know, like if you suck, you suck. You're out. You're you know, out. There's no, there's no handholding. So yeah. and, and, and where your reference to the military and police and stuff, the discipline is what it sounds like to me. Yes. It taught you to be disciplined. Does that exactly. come forward now? I mean, when you look at, you know, you're having real success on eBay right now. I mean, is that mm-hmm. can you see a correlation to the discipline? I mean, like, I mean, do you approach it similarly? So it's actually funny to say that because I approach it almost the exact same way. So oh. for me, the biggest thing is process. Um, sorry about that. Um, process. That's. To be a successful chef, you have to have a process. So, like, if you're cutting a bag of, you know, 50 pounds of onions, you wouldn't, like, peel an onion and then cut it. You would peel all the onions, and then you would cut all the onions, right? That's the thing that makes the most sense. Do you so, Wait, do you go through that in your mind? I mean, literally, do you have these, like, <laughs> images in your mind that you envision, okay, this is the way I'm going to tackle that? 100%. So, Very I have cool. a workflow. Like, it's, I, like, you know, clean everything first, and then package it up, and then you know, print labels out afterwards. So I kind of, I do everything in steps. That's just the way that my mind works. And I think it's the most efficient way. Um, that's, I mean, the discipline is, you know, I can run around um, and literally be on my feet for 10 hours a day and it not bother me. So I guess that helps as well, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And, so you have the stamina, you have the youth as stamina. Dude, it gets harder when you get older. Well, Let me just tell you, it's coming. Uh, dude, I believe me, my back and my knees are awful. I mean, I'm 27 years old, but I got a bad back and my knees creak. I From mean, standing on kitchen floors, I assume, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, you know, 16-hour days. Like, that beats you up. It doesn't matter how young you are. I mean, if you're yeah. doing it every freaking day, it's going to take a toll on you. Yeah, and I imagine your yeah. hands, too. Uh, you know, that that's uh, a lot of chefs get arthritis and those kind of things, too. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I always had those kinds of issues. Like, my hands would cramp up randomly and all that. But, you know. The other thing it really taught me is that I'm scared to work hard again. If it did one big thing for my life, it really taught me that like hard work is like really hard. You know, there's um hmm. a, a lot of people, Ooh, you know, my it's age. another like, deep one there, dude. No, it, it's true though. Like the, the sad thing is that a lot of people my age and my generation have never worked hard in their life. You know, going to college and getting your corporate job is like it's hard in a different way, you know, like it's kind of just like mentally exhausting, but like people that work physically hard, I have a a different respect for them. You know, it's, I just couldn't imagine like being 50, 60 years old and like still having to like physically work hard. Like, man, that's like my biggest fear in life. You know, like I don't want to do that. I just don't. So I will do anything to prevent that at this point. I just heard somebody talk about this. Uh, Jesus, I can't remember who it was, but basically the guy is a gazillionaire. And he's like, look, I have enough money that I could literally never do anything else. But I don't think that would be very satisfying. That's kind of one of my bigger fears is that, you know, you do so well and then you mm-hmm. become that fat guy sitting on the beach, not doing, you know what I mean? That's also right, yeah. a life that for me, that I don't want. I, mean, I like to be on the beach. Don't get me wrong. And I would love to be there now because it's 26 <laughs> degrees in Pennsylvania right now. But but I, I would sit there and I would say, I'd still have to do something. I mean, mentally, I, I've already retired once. I still have to do something to 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 be sated, right? I guess that's the right way to say it, sated. So Mm -hmm. for you, so the fear you already said, the one fear you have is that, you know, you're an old dude doing physical work. You don't want to be that. Mm -hmm. Any other fears of what you don't want to be before we get to what you do want to be? This is going to just sound like really out there and kind of brash, but one of my biggest fears in life is to be poor. 
Um, I just, I don't want to be poor. You know, I don't want to have to rely on people. I don't want to have to, you know, be in debt and do the traditional thing and, you know, have my house mortgage for 30 years. I just, I don't want to be poor. It's not about, you know, owning Rolls Royces and Rolexes and having private jets. You know, Grant Cardone's cool, but it's not about being on his level or anything. It's just having enough comfort to not have to worry about, you know, especially like day-to-day tasks, you know. Um, well, what's comfort for you? Because right now, I mean, you don't have kids yet, but, but I mean, what what's comfort? I mean, do you live a modest life now? You know, we live in Utah where, you know, the the cost of living is relatively cheap. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm in my office right now looking at like gigantic mountains, um, for our house and our house costs less than $200,000 and we're less than a mile away from a beautiful mountain. So, you know, it's the cost of living here is relatively low and we don't have kids. We do have several car loans and things like that, but you know, we don't live extravagant. The most extravagant thing we do is eat out a lot. You okay. know, I mean, yeah, you're not cooking because you've been there, right? You got to get that out of your yeah. system for now. I, yeah, I, I respect I, that too. You, you do enough of it. You need a break. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I don't cook that much at home, unfortunately right now, even though our kitchen's beautiful, but I just, I don't know, man, I just like to get food to go and just scarf it down real quick and be done, you know? So what was it, what was attractive to you about e-commerce? What was it that seemed to connect with you? Obviously, the fact that you can make it a process makes it flow well, makes you stay in Mm -hmm. it, makes you enjoy it. But what was it that was attractive to you that you said, huh, I could do this? It's the numbers of people, man. This whole sales game is a, a numbers thing. You know, it's it's easier to sell to 15 million people than it is to sell to five people. You know, so that's the thing, like... I don't think people understand the kind of reach. That so so wait, so you're have. like, instead of selling flooring at your local carpet store where the 12 people mm-hmm. come in during the day and your goal is to sell one or sell cars, I guess mm-hmm. would be another one easy, right? right? You're saying, hey, if I put this unique item up on eBay today or uh, if I create the right product for Amazon, I mm-hmm. can reach the world. That's Yeah, man. Hmm. It's, it's just a crazy feeling, you know? And like, this is going to sound all like goody mushy kind of thing but it provides a lot of satisfaction you know like people so so the name sorry to backtrack a little bit think the name of my shop is things you don't need um and that's kind of what i want to sell you know like i want to have fun selling things i want to sell things that people are looking for that they need that might be rare or you know just for whatever reason it just i've had a lot of people write me and they say like oh like i've been looking for this forever blah blah Mm. blah it's just it's a good feeling, you know? I mean, maybe it's someone's childhood toy or, you know, a piece of clothing they've been dying to find. It's it's just a cool thing, you know, just to be able to kind of be a part of that life and provide that service for people, you know? Well, that's a skill set, and I don't think we should downplay because I agree with you. It's very rewarding because what caused you to recognize that item? What stood out to you? That mm-hmm. gift— of being a, I'm calling myself a noticer. It sounds like you are too. And and I think most people listening to this show are noticers. So I don't I don't mean to make yourselves a bigger deal. But I'm just saying right. is that your ability to recognize something that made you attracted to it, that made you purchase it, negotiate the best deal you could, and then present mm-hmm. it in the best way that it was available, so that one person saw it and said, "Oh my God, I've been looking for this forever." How exactly. you know? I get those questions. How did you get this? Or where did you get these? And you know, to me, it's, you know, the whole story. But I, to me, that's a cool, you know, little, I'm not an artist. I'm not a singer. Mm-hmm. 
it's going to be news to all my friends. I'm not an athlete. Uh, <laughs> they're they're all laughing right now. They're all laughing right now. But but it's seriously. But I am good at this, and right. it's my little hook in the world. And it sounds like you too. I mean, that's that's very very cool. I mean, it's got to it's got to feel good every single time. And when you replicate it, mm-hmm. how does that make you feel? It's just. I don't know where all this kind of came from, man. Like I just, it all kind of just happened naturally. People always ask me like, how do I know how to get that? Like, I have no idea, you know, and then it happens again and then it happens again. And then like, it's like a proof of concept, you know, it's like at first. Is it, is it because it's unusual? I mean, walk me through it. So you're walking through, you're a thrift store and you Mm -hmm. see something. I mean, you, you you know, you have the advantage of being young with your fingers. You have no fear of looking up on eBay to see what it's sold for, right? I mean, those are big advantages, right? But the Mm -hmm. fact that you looked at it, because you can't look at, you know, it's like when you scan for Amazon, right? You go, we all have tools, right? We all have these little little buttons we can push and we could do volume. You scan everything. That was the rule, right? Right. But that's efficient because all you're doing is scanning a barcode and moving on, right? You could just get through a hundred things in an hour. But at a thrift store, you couldn't look up a hundred things. It would take no. you days, right? Mm-hmm. How do you, anything, any tips or tricks you could give us that would make you pause and say, that shirt is a, I can see that that's different than all these others, or what? what is it? So, you know, for me, I think it kind of came from um, getting bored really quickly, like throughout my whole life. Like, I don't think I have like some medical condition or anything. I just, I really think I kind of like start something and then I get good enough to like say compete in it. So like I played uh, golf. A for sport. About We're a back month. to sports right. again. Huh. Yeah. Well, look, like I played golf for about a month. I took it seriously and I got good enough to like go out and play. I wasn't good at it, but I, I was good enough to understand the game. Right. That's kind of how I've been my whole life. So I've kind of just had a lot of interest over the years, you know, so I just I pick things up and I kind of just spot them out. But, you know, it's the biggest thing I tell people is look for unique items. So especially in clothing, you know, you have to look for those crazy patterns because that's what sells now, you know, like 90s vintage and 80s vintage and bold, crazy color block, things like that. That's what sells, you know, and then, you know, everything else is just kind of it's hard to say, you know, cause I can just be like, Oh yeah. Like you go into a thrift store and look for commercial restaurant supplies, you know, but then some people won't know what that means, you know? So it's, I think that's the hardest part of this. It's kind of explaining to people how like my mind processes this information. Cause I don't even really know, you know, I just kind of, I look around and I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy that, that, and that. I just, it's kind of crazy, honestly. I mean, well, but it's cool to me again, you know, and, and my short version, my son is coming full time into our business for the next four months. He's in college and he's done. And so mm-hmm. I'm taking him to an auction uh, tomorrow. And so mm-hmm. my goal is, is to teach him to fish. Kind of what you're okay. doing right now is to learn that skill set so that no matter what, you know, you can you can build out this big Amazon business. You could build out all these different things, and, and mm-hmm. your account could get shut down for a bit, and then you have to learn how to eat for that period of time. Right. But what you're describing, you have a skill set right now that you could go and do no matter what, no matter where. So if you went to Thailand, you could take that same application right there, walk through mm-hmm. and say, ooh, this is unusual, and list it for sale. That right. you're, You've been taught to fish. Um, now, it sounds like it's self-taught, but to me— that is a transferable skill that can go anywhere, anytime, and you can do it from any. I mean, to me, that's very, very exciting. Um, very, very cool. 
Well, let me let me actually stop you right there too and backtrack a little bit. Um, the whole self-talk thing, like I did know, I, I, I knew enough to kind of be dangerous, but then I started really watching YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, man. Like if you can't do what I do, then you're just lazy. Yeah. That, that's that's the only thing. It's there's so many YouTube videos out there. Where well, who do you follow? Literally... Anybody particularly that that stands yeah. out to you? Give them a shout out. So the two that I highly highly recommend anyone that's new to watch is Craigslist Hunter. Oh, um, I love Peter. A, Peter's such Peter's a great guy. Peter's an OG guy. in the game, man, and he he's Polish so too. Smart. So I gotta love him. Polish and Pete. And then I, I love Pete, man. That's that's who started all this. You gotta meet him. He's a great guy. Dude, I, that's one of my goals in life, to be honest with you. I just want to shake the guy's hand. I love him. Um, and then Rally Roots. Um, uh, I don't know if you heard of those guys. I, I do. Uh, I don't know them yet. I haven't had them on the show yet. But I, I admire the way the three of them work together. Oh, yeah. They they have a great little team, and they're doing an awesome awesome business there. And I'm actually taking their, uh, their course on the first. Um, it's their second time they're running a course for – ebay and wholesale and that stuff so i'm just i signed up for it i'm gonna take it and see what comes out of that but yeah i love those guys because they do a lot of vintage clothing and that's kind of my passion and they are very thorough they show you what things they buy and like they go through everything so it's a very easy way for someone to learn just because it's it's like so out there you know like they are so transparent with all their information they just want to help people you know and the thing with Craigslist Hunter, like Pete is amazing because, you know, the store that he has sees such a different, like a wide variety of items, you know, where most people don't see that. And you watch his channel and you're like, oh, he just bought that, you know, vintage stereo receiver for this much. Like, why is that worth so much money? You know, and, you know, that was a big thing for me. Like he buys a lot of vintage audio stuff and I was never into that. And guess what? Now I love vintage audio because of him. Like I have a huge respect for it. I buy and sell it and then I keep some for myself. It, no, what blew so. me away, I've had him on the show, uh, and what blew me away, and it didn't, I had no clue, I was such an idiot about this, is I thought, like most people, oh, you open a store and you have, you sell out of your store, this is great, you know, people just mm-hmm. come in in droves, and he's like, no, Steve, that doesn't work. He says, yeah, I sell some <laughs> stuff, but not very much, majority of his sales right. are online. He said, what right. my business allows me is people bring me the merchandise, exactly. and I get to cherry pick, and I get to look it up, and I get mm-hmm. to, he said, I got to pay a premium, but... If right. I had to pay somebody to go out and source this stuff, I'm not spending any more. And I, the minute I heard that, like the lights went on and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's a genius because he understands what his business is. It's not a selling thing because I, I, a lot of my friends were like, oh, we should open a retail store. I'm like, dude, right. that's that's a death knell. Do not open a retail store. But open no. up a sourcing store like he is. Oh, man, that's that's dude, powerful. He's, he's got the ultimate setup. You know, he he's definitely he's doing it right. You know, Um but he works okay. at it. Let's let's just not downplay it. Plus, a he's very very smart. He's got a very smart partner. He hires right. and trains very well. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't want to downplay that because that's also you've got to be a really great leader to be able to do that. You know? Oh no, for sure. You can't knock anything he's done with any success. And yeah. you know, he he again he wants to teach everyone. And that's cool that you picked up on that. Though that's very very cool because um, I don't yeah. know if everybody gets that that he is not a selling store. He is a sourcing store. No, I mean, it's, mm. it's definitely pretty clear there. You know, he definitely, I mean, I watch pretty much all of his videos and he, you could definitely tell that, you know, eBay is his 
bread and butter of how eBay, he'd probably be out of business a long time ago, unfortunately. You know who else I would throw in there is Ronnie Hart would be another one that I would throw in. It's just one of those guys. He's real low key, you know, but he's just so smart. Um, um, just, just absolutely. Or Dallas Moore is another one. I don't know if you've been yeah. able to see Dallas. I just had him back mm-hmm. on. Just brilliant um, and so humble about it. Like you said, mm-hmm. they're just coming at it from the right approach. You know what I mean? And it's that's awesome. All right, that's the thing, man. Okay, you have to have humility in this. Like, yeah. If you don't have humility, then you know what are you in business for? I mean, the whole old school thinking of like this businessman who's like some like egotistical guy of like a Bluetooth earpiece and a convertible. You know, like that's that's done, man. Like. We can all make more money if we help each other, you know? And I, and I think there, yeah, you do, you know, there is a line and I understand it and some people push up against mm-hmm. it. Um, another one I, I do, I don't want to miss this one too, is Chris Lynn. I think he's probably the, one of the mm-hmm. best executioners of systems that I've ever seen. His mind is mm-hmm. like, that's, that's rare to find somebody who thinks that way. So, mm-hmm. so what keeps you in it though? Is it, is it the fact that you can, I mean, let me ask you this. I mean, your sales are growing. Is that a result of effort, efficiency, consistency? Which one would you say is really driving the growth that you've had? It's consistency. eBay's Mm. big thing. I mean, whatever you want to think of the algorithm, whatever myths you want to believe in, I really do think that consistency on eBay makes the biggest difference. Um, When we bought our house and we were kind of in the transitional phase from moving um, from our apartment, I just stopped listing stuff, you know, and that was our worst week ever. You know, we did like $600 when we were used to doing like over $2,000 in sales, right? And it wasn't because anything else changed. The products didn't change. It just, I stopped listing. I really think eBay rewards you if you keep like active on it. You know, they like people going in there and tweaking titles, adjusting prices, constantly listing, and then just, you know, constantly hustling and looking for products, man. If I'm not like looking for products every single day, I'm not making money, you know? So I thrift a lot. I go on local apps a lot. I mean, just to find stuff to sell and it's just, you know, making those baby steps and kind of just improving things along the way. So, you know, I just totally revamped my office space and it's well, why did you different. do that? Cause I was thinking about like, I mean, cause we're making this sound real glamorous, right? It's easy. Mm-hmm. You've had oh, to have sorry. struggles, right? You've had to have oh, challenges. Dude. So for dude. example, why would you redo your office space? What was it that you were trying to fix? What were you trying to do or gain? What were you, well, what did you think it would bring you? Man. So if you go on the, uh, the down of Corp, down of Corp Instagram, you can see before and afters and there's a, a third after now that I changed it a little bit, but I, uh, I'm not scared to admit, I, I really, I was really bad at this for a while, man. Like it, it got overwhelming like really quickly. And I got really kind of just depressed by like doing the whole eBay thing. And like my office was just so, uh, so like grungy and, uh, just dirty and cluttered and dark and the lighting was like a weird shade of yellow and it was just miserable man like I would walk into this bedroom and I I couldn't work like I couldn't think clearly there was death piles of crap everywhere you know like the windows were covered up with shelving and just like to the rafters of stuff and my uh my little ebay room is like a third back bedroom that has lower ceilings than the rest of the house so it was already a cramped space to begin with. And I, I made it a lot more cramped. Um, I couldn't work, man. Like I literally had stuff sitting there for over like a month and a half before I even like touched it and processed it for some reason, you know? Um, but now like 
I, I like gutted it, painted the walls, got rid of probably half the shelving. So I have about half the shelving space upstairs than I did before. But man, like I feel like so like I guess invigorated, you know, yeah, like it's, very it's motivated ref- itself. It's refreshing, isn't it? It's like it, it is. It's like pounds that you shed. Um, it, I agree it, with it you. really it is, man. And like it was one of those rooms where like we had to constantly walk through it, you know, like in our house because it leads to our backyard and leads to a bathroom. And the room always looked awful, you know. So we made it a room that looks cool, you know. It looks like it's part of the house. It looks like. It looks like more of a studio than it does like an eBay shipping office, I guess you'd say, you know? You know, there's a, a gentleman, if you know, named Dan Miller. Um, he's connected mm-hmm. with Dave Rams, just a great guy. And uh, I've been to his place, and his office is meticulous. And he's like, mm-hmm. well, Steve, of course, this is my sanctuary. I come here to get away. I want right. to love where I work. And right. when I look at my death piles in my office, not even in my warehouse, and I'm looking mm-hmm. at him, and I'm like, I'm not happy the way I am too. And so I, I think that that wears on you. And I think, how did it wear on your relationship with your wife? I mean, is it, was it the thing you didn't talk about the elephant in the room kind of thing? Like, you, you know, or I mean, did she give you grief or I mean, does she own some of it? You know, this, the mess. No, no, she's amazing. She, um, she doesn't give me crap for anything really, unless okay. I really screw up. Um, <laughs> she was, uh, it was actually kind of, weird that she was so nice about it she never really but did you feel like you were letting her down maybe then oh yes yes she she, like the rest of her house is meticulous like we're not so the pressure was there 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 was a lot of pressure you know um she's very good at decorating she's very good at upkeeping the house and this was just one room it's like it's like my room you know like this is my thing so she just like let me have it you know she just let me do my process of it which I got really lazy and I was a guy and I became really messy and cluttered. And, you know, it was, um, it was like making like these stupid small changes, you know, rather than having like my photos set up in one corner, I moved it to another corner and now it's easier to take photos and my photos look 10 times better. But it's a workflow issue, right? It is. That that was the thing. Like it was a workflow issue. Like, Hmm. so my death piles were all clothing. Why did I have piles of clothing everywhere well because i didn't have a good place that was efficient to photograph them so i didn't do it and now i do and now it's easy i have no death piles like my office is pretty much where i want it and you know my photos look better than ever and i can actually think now so So again this is why i'm having him on think about this for 2019 taking and being and own it because i'm looking at my space and i'm owning it right now based on this conversation i am going to clean up this office and start the new year right because if you walk in feeling good and you keep that it carries mm-hmm. throughout the day because if you walk in and you're like oh crap there's a pile again right i mean that mm-hmm. brings you down it does man like hmm. the, the room it's night and day different you know just very the cool. way it looks the way it feels you know there's candles lit it's all romantic there's mood lighting and stuff like that it's just a nice room to be in and it actually made me really happy because the other day my wife's like oh i'd actually hang out in here now you know i'm like that's oh, the point. Like, that's where i wanted yeah, you know, that's, that's that's like a chills in the spine kind of moment. Like, oh, it was it was great, man. It's you know that's the thing. Like my one biggest tip to everyone is just kind of like realize where you are and just kind of accept it. You know, like I sure I quit my job and I did all this cool stuff and like the copywriting sounds cool on my website, but at the end of the day, man, like I struggle, I hustle, I hustle every day. Like I don't have ninety grand in my bank account. You know, like I'm not rich. I'm not like ahead i don't have all my debt paid like 
dude, I'm struggling every day. You know, like I'm changing things every single day. I buy broken stuff by mistake all the time. I lose money all the time. Like it's, it's part of the hustle, man. It's, you know, but you figure it out to me, to me, the fact, well, you know, I don't, I went to my men's group this morning and every single guy in there is a work in progress, you know, right. not preaching in any way. I'm just sitting back and saying, you know, the guy who you think have it together, they don't, mm-hmm. but they're no, just not, right. a lot of people aren't willing to admit it. And the fact that you are, and the fact that you're working on it, and then you see that reward of her sparkling saying, Hey, maybe I'll hang out in here more. Let me tell you from a relationship point of view, you just, you gave her a big diamond ring right there because that's what keeps a relationship. I'm serious though. I mean, this is dad talking to you, Sebastian. This is <laughs> advice, like it. but it's, it's like, I'm serious though. Those are the things that keep marriages stronger, right? right All the women right. are shaking their head like, yeah, no kidding. Pick up your clothes in the corner. That's right. Those things help. So, right. all right, let me ask you this because, you know, I'm thinking about how to continue helping people, right? And I think you're giving very, very good, solid advice. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you learned not to do um, that you would say to people, hey, don't go down this path or don't, you know, it might look right, but it's not. Anything that you can think of that you would say, I wouldn't do that again? Um, or the did thing- they all get you here and you might not have gotten here without them? Yes, that that's okay. So what I was going to say, I heard this on someone's podcast. I don't know if it was like Pat's or someone's, but it was on someone's podcast. Someone like cool said this. They said like, when I first started my business, I screwed up a lot, but that was like the easiest and cheapest college tuition you could ever pay. Right. So this first year, that's kind of how I looked at it. Like we've, we've profited and we've profited very, very well, but along the way, I mean, I've probably lost, I don't know, maybe a thousand, maybe $1,500. Um, off bad buys or you know whatnot and I it's the reason I lost money is because I was emotional that's the problem you can't be emotional you can't make emotional decisions when it comes to business it has to be has to be analytical you know that's the biggest thing that Amazon sellers say is like don't fall in love with the product fall in love with the numbers kind of thing it's it's true you know the way you feel about something doesn't really mean much it really just matters about the numbers you know that's okay. the biggest thing. Well, I think that's, that's really smart. I mean, I think that that makes, uh, you know, that puts it in perspective, right? And to lose yeah. a couple thousand dollars on, you know, six figures of sales, when you yeah. when you look at it that way, you're saying, eh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, because, you know, if you sell shoes on Amazon, like I do, 17% mm-hmm. returns. Now, yeah. most Jeez. of them go back for sale. Most of them go right. back for sale. However, 17% don't sell, get returned. Or sell, get returned, and then I'm eating those four or five dollar charges, and everybody who sells mm-hmm. shoes knows all these fees. And guess what? Well, building into the cost, Steve. Well, at some yeah. point, lots of them come back, and you can't sell them as new. And so now, right. all of a sudden, your what you thought was a forty dollar profit is now mm-hmm. a eight dollar profit, dropping to a four dollar loss, an eight dollar loss. And so, you know, um, so I think I think it's perspective. I think that getting control of those numbers really gives you perspective. For sure. You know, it's one other thing if I could throw it out there. Um, Go for it. Another big tip I have is don't talk to people. All right, this is going to sound kind of counterintuitive, but don't talk to people that have been doing this for 20 years because um, they're all grumpy, man. Like, <laughs> and, and no, seriously. It's the forum. Steve, it's like, a seller's forum. 
dude, every like older eBay seller that I've ever met, and I've met, you know, quite a bit of them in my local area. They're like, oh yeah, I used to sell on eBay, you know, 10, 15 years ago. It sucks, this and that, PayPal fees. Like, don't listen to that. Like, this is the way it's changing. You're like, if those guys want to be old school and do what they did, you know, in the 1900s, let them do that, you know, but every old person that I've talked to that used to sell on eBay is like so negative about it. You know, like I had guys tell me like, I'm crazy for quitting my job and like, you can't make it doing this, like this and that, like, no, that's BS, man. Like that's don't listen to that. You know, those guys are complaining because they can't adapt. I, I think that that's fair. Um, I thank God I made the cut. I'm an old guy that you're talking to. Uh, but, you know, my perspective is this. Is everything right? No. But name anything that everything's right. There is no such thing, right? And so no. so to be to, to remember the good old days and how glamorous it was, it sucked. Putting photos up online sucked. It was awful. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the fact that they invested gazillions of dollars and how much of their team to make it so easy to list on your phone now, that yep. didn't just magically happen. And mm-hmm. guess what? There are pain points that come along with it. And I complain about it too. However, mm-hmm. I sit back and say, man, thank God eBay exists or thank God Amazon exists because we wouldn't have businesses without it. You couldn't build this infrastructure. Or like you talked about right in the beginning of the call, the audience mm-hmm. size. Yeah. The fact that you're aware that it's a lot easier to sell, what do you say, to 15 million people than it is to sell yeah. to five? Yeah, it's... You know, it's a lot, it's, it's a numbers game, man. It's all it really is at the end of the day, you know, and, you know, I started my first business when I was 13 online and trying to drive traffic to that, man, I was like clueless, you know, but then again, that was 15 years ago and, you know, things are a little bit different now. It's easy to have these marketplaces with traffic on them. You don't have to build your own independent website anymore like you used to and try to, you know, generate leads to that. It's, you go on this marketplace and I don't know what the number of customers on eBay is, but I mean, it's obviously high and you have access to all these people. You you can't pay for that. There's literally nothing you can do in the world to pay for that. So it's like these guys are complaining about a 10% fee. I'm like, God, like that's 10%. You know how much a real retail store costs? You know how much it would cost to drive that much traffic to your website? You know? Uh, it'd be impossible. You, you just, yeah, it's, it's, it is virtually, uh, impossible. There's a reason that these, uh, platforms are doing so well because they have figured that piece out and they have giant teams dedicated to it. All right. So, um, we're getting close to wrapping up and I want to make sure people understand if this, I like following Sebastian on Instagram. He's got, uh, it's Instagram. It's done with corp is the name on Instagram. Um, and it's neat. Some of the photos, you could see some of the photos that he, he's talking about, some of the products he's selling, uh, some of the photos. Uh, it's really neat. Um, and you get pictures of dog. Um, <laughs> but also, um, he has a website called donewithcorp.com. Uh, and done with corp, meaning done with corporate America. Um, and when I was reading why, uh, again, that you were looking for, it's really freedom. That's what it seems to me when I was reading this and I was reading through, you know, why somebody should consider because you have some services you offer for helping people get started on eBay and selling. Mm -hmm. But it was I read freedom there. I see the pictures. It shows freedom, period. Mm -hmm. You agree? That's all. Yeah, that's that's, you know, this is I like to call this the baby step like eBay and this whole thrifting reselling thing isn't the end game. This is just like stage one, you know, stage two is finding something a little bit more passive online to where I can, you know, really back off from thrifting. Um, 
I'd still thrift for fun, but I don't want that to be my full time thing. I really want to do, you know, private label or something like that. Um, but you're paying yeah, your dues and earning yeah, an you, income. To me, that's yeah, smart. You got to start somewhere, man. But our goal is to hopefully buy an RV in the next two years and just live full time in an RV for uh, for several years and see what happens. Um, and the only way we could do that is to, you know, create something more passive. Dude, 27 years old, the fact that you understand this as a dad, your dad is very, very proud because it took him to 60 to be able to finally get there. Now, my bet is, you know, 20 years into it, he figured out this sucks. You know, I got to go. But here's here's the chance. You end up creating a life that you can't turn off the machine. Right. It's right. a machine that you get so far in the debt, you get so stuck in this wheel, you can't get off. Um, yep. Do you want to do it? No, I'm putting your dad down. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't mean any offense no, no, no. on this. But do you want to wait until you're 60 to do it or do you want to do it in your 20s? And quite frankly, exactly. never start it because you don't do what we're back to the beginning of call. You're not mm-hmm. going to do what everybody else is going to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can I throw one more deep thing Go in for it. I love it. I'm telling you, stuff. I'm very proud of you. I'm telling you, as a dad, I'm proud of you. Okay, so um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I don't, again, I don't know what podcast this was on. I don't remember the gentleman's name, but he's a, uh, I believe he's a billionaire, or he's a really, you know, up there millionaire. Um, Spanish guy, I think he's from Brazil or some sort of country like that. But his philosophy was that he wants to live like he just got news that he has like a terminal disease, right? And okay, this is going to sound really bad, but the, the whole basis of that is, you know, like my parents' generation is you work 30 years, you retire, and then maybe you travel, right? You wait till you're retired to travel. You do your big adventures when you're retired. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take every Wednesday to do whatever I want to do, wherever I want to go, whatever I want to do. It doesn't matter. I'm going to do that I'm going to call it terminal Wednesdays. And that's, that's what I'm doing. You know, he's going to, I'm going to live my life right now. I'm not going to wait 40 more years to do the things I want to do. You know, like what if I'm in a wheelchair? What if this and that, like you have to do it now when you have the opportunity and the health and the money and the drive to do it. And that really, you know, it really resonated with me. That was a, that was a really good thing I heard. It really helped a lot as far as like my perspective on life. Love it. Oh my God. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, hard work is really hard, but it can be so worth it. I mean, it really is. Uh, and it can be so worth it on the other mm-hmm. end once you get through it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. All right. So I'm going to give a, I'll put the links out here. Donewithcorp.com is his website, but again, follow him on Instagram, donewithcorp, um, at donewithcorp and take a look at these pictures and just you know, sit back and say, is this something that I want to do? Because to me, you know, we're starting at the new year. If you mm-hmm. are unhappy in what you're doing, start there. And it's funny, Andy Slamens is in the warehouse today, and we we always chat about it. His advice, too, is he start with thrift stores. You don't have money? Great. Go to thrift stores, buy stuff. It's cheap. Mm-hmm. You got to do the work. You got to put in your thousand hours or whatever it is. But you can build something. Then you have money. Then you have skills. And you can apply that in so many other things. When are you going to start? And Sebastian and I are both here to tell you that right now is the time to start. Today, this year, is the year that you could change your life. Look at him. Seven months. You changed your life, dude. I mean, think about that. Seven months. Yeah. Dude, I did it by mistake, too. I didn't mean for this to happen. I really, this was not a a plan or a strategy. There was no thought into this, man. I just started selling clothing on Poshmark, and then I just, 
I got overwhelmed and then I just started selling more and more. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> you know, you get addicted. Like, That's very, very cool. But you figured out something you have a skill in that you might never have seen before. So ooh, I love it. Love it, man. All right. <laughs> Well, I, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on, Sebastian. And again, my goal is to help people move their life forward, their business forward. Um, one final piece of advice you could give us to end with? My biggest piece of advice is, I'm going to copy what you just said, is just to get started, man. Mm -hmm. Like My whole point of doing this, like the whole Don of Corp thing, it's I'm not trying to teach someone to become a machine and to quit their job and to, you know, copy me. I don't, I don't need people to do what I do. I don't, you know, it's not about that. It's not about quitting your job. Like some people might love their job. What I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to like spark in people is that you can make extra money on the side to pay your cell phone bill, to pay your mortgage, to pay your child support, to pay whatever, rather than complaining about not having money you can just do it. I mean, it's, this is the most replicable, replicable business ever. Um, and there's such a little money needed to actually do this. It just, you need to do it. It's, this is the easiest side hustle in the world and everyone should be doing this. Love it. Thank you so much. I wish you nothing but success. Thanks so much, Steven. Great guy. I, I hope a whole bunch of uh, dads right now are you know, giving them the big thumbs up and saying, you know what, I'd be proud of him. Um, he gets it. And man, if I can leave my kids with that legacy of knowledge, um, I've done well, period. I don't have to teach them to be the best at whatever, but I can teach them those life skills that they can adapt and adjust and, you know, be willing to put in the time so that you know that the other end, they're so much better. Um, sports again come out, and it's neat how he's taken an approach like sports with this. And so those of you who have ever done sports in your life, approach your business that way. And it seems to be like some magic recipe. And those of us who never did sports really, um, we are definitely at a disadvantage, but we can learn it. Put in your thousand hours. Reach out if I can help you in any way. EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at EcommerceMomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.